just wanted to take a few minutes this morning just to kind of conclude the series that we've been looking at over this last um, six, eight, ten weeks, uh, where we've been looking to be fit for life. And we've been looking at all different aspects of, of spiritual disciplines. We've been looking at how, how we might read our Bible, perhaps more effectively, get into a, a, maybe a different way of reading our Bible that would just really enable us to grow thinking of prayer and of worship of outreach of evangelism of looking outward which ultimately is what we're here for it's brilliant to be together but we're here to go out and to be salt and light been looking at how we might use our resources of our time our gifts our money to honor god and to live out our relationship with him Last week we looked at fasting, learning to be more godly in so many different ways. Heard a great story, um, just encapsulates, I guess, something of of what we're trying to to take from this series of a little boy practising his guitar. And this is a familiar thing in our house at the moment because both Hannah and uh, Ellie have had... uh, music exams recently and and Wendy has patiently worked with with Hannah to get her through her her flute exam so we've heard lots of practice in our house sometimes with joy sometimes with joy other times with gnashing of teeth but little by little they've 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 seen improvement and the story of a little boy practicing his guitar outside the sun is shining he can see his friends playing and he's creating. So why am I having to practice my guitar again, Mum? Seems to just be such a nightmare. Mum is wondering, why on earth am I making him practice his guitar? Just send him outside. And this goes on day after day through the summer holidays. Till one day, <clears throat> an angel appears to the little boy. And this angel says to him, look, I want to take you to a, to a place to show you something. And he takes him to a brilliant, huge concert hall. And in that concert hall, there are thousands of people. And those thousands of people are all absolutely glued to what's going on on the stage. And on the stage there's a young man playing the guitar so well that you can barely see his fingers move, they're moving so quick. Playing with such heart and feeling, with such skill. And the audience are just wrapped by this person playing the guitar. And the angel says to the little boy, that's you. 15 years from now that's you and the little boy went back home and found a whole new lease of life in his practice time because he could see that what lay ahead 
was a career where he would actually be able to play the guitar even better than he could play it at that moment. And he was able to focus his, his attention on playing because he could see why he was doing it. Now I'm not saying that as we practice our, our spiritual disciplines that we'll all become superstars and super Christians. But it's important that we know why we cultivate disciplines of prayer, of reading our Bible, of chewing on Scripture, meditating on the Word, of, of making our whole lives a worship event to God, of looking at how we can reach out to our friends, our neighbours, our co-workers, co-workers, those maybe co-walkers as well, if you're going out for a walk, but those that you, you get alongside. We need to know why we, we need to look at our resources differently, perhaps, to honour God with them. Why we would take the mad step of, of going without food. Because you see, if, if, if we have discipline without direction, then it just becomes drudgery, becomes law, becomes empty. And over these past weeks, we've, we've tried to say in various ways that actually practicing spiritual disciplines is not for the elite. It's not for super-Christian who wears his underpants on the outside of his trousers and goes around converting everybody. But it's about you and me. It's about you and me. If we desire to grow in our walk with God, then we need to develop our spiritual disciplines. And that requires a, a real relationship with God that's wrought through Jesus. The Jesus that we celebrate coming at Christmas. The Jesus who we remember dying on the cross at Easter and rising again. We're able to have a real relationship with God through Jesus. And we grow in that relationship by being disciplined. Because we are sinful. We are broken, fallen people. We ain't the elite. But you know what? God calls us to be crack troops, even though we're a bit cracked. He calls us to be his cracked troops. Crack troops, not cracked troops. <laughs> Freudian slip. So it's not for the elite, this, this spiritual disciplines, but it's for you and me. It's not about duty either. It's not about because Andy says it, you've got to do it. He's the pastor and he's telling you that you need to read your Bible more, so get on home and do it. Well, I am saying that, but that's not the reason. But actually, we offer ourselves into God's hands. Not as a duty, but as an offering. Freely given. The Apostle Paul talks in Romans 6 about this, 
this, this reality that we die to ourselves when we come to Jesus. Just as Jesus died and was raised to new life, so when we encounter Jesus, we die to ourselves. Only we need to keep on dying to ourselves and working that dying to self out because of our sinfulness. And so we need to cultivate disciplines. It's not about finding a method that will make us a fail-safe, super-holy person. There's all sorts of self-help books out there, isn't there? About the ten, ten habits of highly effective people and, and the seven of this and the nine of that. If you do these things, then you will fly in life. That's not what this is about, this series. It's not about saying if you do all of these things, then you will just be flying. But it's about saying, if you do these things, God will meet with you. And will take you and your personality and your situation and who you are and will use you. And if you let him, will enable you to grow and to become more and more the person that you were created to be. And I guess as we do that, we, we need to have this idea of persevering in our heads. Paul writes to Timothy and tells him, discipline yourself unto godliness. Persevere, Timothy. And we need to hear that, that we need to persevere. But I just offer you three things as we conclude this general series, and then we're going to look at this morning's uh, topic, which is silence. And I'll shut up, actually. And you'll go, well, hey. But there are three things I'd love for us just to hold on to as we come to the end of this series. First of those things is it's vitally important that we continue in fellowship. That we walk together and encourage one another. That we build relationships where we can be honest. Where we can support one another. Where we can pray meaningfully. For one another. And that will help us in our walk. I've, I've mentioned it before, but when I ran the marathon a couple of years ago, one of the most meaningful things for me was to run with a friend. And once a week, we made time to run together. And it was a real motivator because normally it was a working morning and so we'd get up stupidly early and do it before we went to work. But there was something just really, really helpful about knowing that if you were doing that, there was somebody alongside you. And we need to walk with one another in, 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 in groups of twos and threes and in bigger groups of, 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 of tens, twelves. Really encourage you to get involved in small groups. second thing we need to do is we seek to, to develop our discipline in, in our Christian walk is, is actually we need to really call upon the Holy Spirit. We need to ask his help in our lives day by day. 
So again, scripture talks of us as being kind of jars of clay that we're kind of not particularly uh, well built and we, we're cracked and we can leak. And we just need God every day to meet with us by the power of his spirit to fill us anew, fill us afresh, to strengthen us, to enable us, that he might work in us godly characteristics. Sometimes we see those as the fruit of the spirit. And he might work through us his power and give us gifts that would point to him. And so we need to seek his help. He's given it to us. So let's seek his help and accept his help. And I guess linked to that, we need to recognise that there will be struggle. And that struggle will often come in the form of of, of attack from from the enemy, from Satan. Paul, again, in his letter to the Ephesians, is under no illusions that we need to put on the armour of God that we might be able to withstand the opposition of the enemy. And as we seek to grow in our relationship with God, so we will see that Satan actually doesn't like that. And we need to have that protection, knowing that the victory is won, that Jesus won the victory. And so as we end 2011 and head into 2012, exciting days ahead in terms of what's going on in the shed and the remodelling there and how we can just use that to bless people in this community and in the wider communities as we can use that to serve God's purpose for us here and in the surrounding area let's take on board the need to be disciplined and to grow in these ways of spending time with God don't wait for there to be more time when there's a bit more slack when you can work on it actually it's not just for people with time but actually this will enable busy people to become more godly so don't wait until a quieter moment to think well yeah I'll start reading my bible a bit more then I'll pray a bit more when it's all a bit calmer I'll think about how I can use my finances, how I can give, how I can serve when life is a bit more straightforward. Come to God and offer yourselves, even when you're busy. Jesus said that he will give you rest when you come to him when you're burdened and weary. So to this morning, discipline of silence. That's an interesting one. The discipline of silence. Now I reckon there'll be two camps in here this morning. Actually there are two camps, Ian and Sue camp. 
My, my in-laws are called Camp. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was awful, wasn't it? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> There'll be two camps here this morning. There'll be some people when the, the word silence is mentioned, they'll be thinking, oh, I wish. Silence. With small children around. With all that's going on in my life. With big children around. With whoever else is around. I wish I could find silence. But then there'll be others of you that think, actually, I've got too much of that. I, I don't like the silence I have in my life. I wish there was a bit more noise. Say again? Kids on offer. Kids on offer. <laughs> but wherever you come from this morning, when I, I mentioned to you this idea of, of there being a discipline in silence, I'd love you to just see that it's something that Jesus often sought out. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. Very short but very simple thing. And it's repeated in, in, in lots of places. But Luke 5, 16. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And sometimes he withdrew to those lonely places and then discovered that there was a whole bunch of other people waiting for him there. And so he saw the need to withdraw and to find silence. And so I'd encourage you today to hold your situations before God, whether there's very little silence in your life or whether there's too much. And ask that God would help you to find times of silence that would be given over to him. I said I was going to be quiet, and I am going to be quiet in just a minute. We're going to watch a video, which is about 10 minutes long, and I'd encourage you to stick with it. Starts, because of the lighting, I'll explain what's going on in the first bit. It starts with a kind of a view through somebody's TV screen to him sitting on a sofa. So you'll kind of see it. it's a bit fuzzy, but it's kind of because it's supposed to be looking through a TV screen at this guy. And he starts talking, he's an American guy, and he makes some kind of cultural references, which I'll just explain. Talks about an SUV at one point. And an SUV is kind of like a 4x4 car, big kind of, you know, uh, sta not station wagon. What's a sports utility vehicle. So yeah, like a big Land Rover, Range Rover, that kind of thing. So he talks about them. He also talks about strip malls, and it's nothing to do with taking your clothes off. But it's just a strip of land where there are lots and lots and lots of shops. Shopping centre, I guess, is the best explanation. So stick with this video and just watch it. After it finishes, we'll just take some time to be quiet. Maybe it'll be a time where you can commit afresh to finding quiet spaces, even if it's just 90 seconds at a time. And then we'll take a brief moment to respond in song after that.